This is Do We Like Movies. It's a podcast where two guys review individual movies, sequels, and occasional television shows. In this show, we talk about our experiences with them, and we answer the question, do we like this movie? Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I am your 30-year-old that still looks like he can hang out with high school kids, host Javi. You absolutely don't, but I get your point. Are you only old, bro? <laughs> Are you saying I can't hang with the youths? Oh, no. <laughs> if you want a good story on like just learning how old you are. All right. So this week, we're talking about 21 Jump Street. But to kind of date this podcast a little bit, um a week ago i went to go watch the new scream movie Mm -hmm. and uh obviously like i'm not a huge fan of going to see new movies in a pandemic but Mm -hmm. uh i wanted to watch this movie bad enough that i decided to go (laughs) and what happened at this movie theater was that there was apparently a group of uh youths that were in the theater uh you know making a bunch of noise causing a bunch of problems i guess (laughs) and uh at some point one of the theater attendants walks up uh you know into the theater audience and (laughs) taps me on the shoulder because you know my seat was in like the top left corner of the theater Mm -hmm. and he asked me if like all of these rowdy teenagers were my kids (laughs) and i just looked at my wife and i said oh my god how old do i look now (laughs) He saw the tired bags under your eyes. <laughs> he was just like, obviously, this is the father of like four teenagers. <laughs> and not to mention that kid was probably all the kid that like tapped your shoulder was probably greasy skin, like 20. Oh, <laughs> uh, I yeah, I am definitely coming to grips with my own oldness so yes maybe i do relate to the characters in this movie are you kidding dude i've been looking forward to be old since i was like 18 i can't can't wait till i can start like shushing people and not feel bad nah there's a certain level of old that you reach that uh it 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 stops feeling flattering and it starts feeling offensive and i think i'm arriving there right now nah man i'm at that old where i just don't care i'm just like i make dated references and people are like what's that mean and i'm just like go to hell you young punks (laughs) all right so we're we're back this is our first episode uh since spider-man no way home our first episode of 2022 and i know it's been a while since we've been uh as we put out a new episode of the show but you know to to go behind the curtain a little bit uh i have recently transitioned jobs um and it's pretty awesome but it's also been just one of those things that has completely taken over my life uh all my work stuff and and just you know leaving a job that i would worked at for eight years and uh, transitioning into a brand new job with a brand new you know kind of promoted role that i'm in has mm-hmm. been it's been busy enough that i've had to push back the recording of this episode a few times so Thank sorry audience for uh you know pushing this back and to javi but uh i i promise you it's only because i needed to for my mental state <laughs> and not just because i wasn't in the mood to talk about this movie 
And for those that don't know, because I don't really, I haven't really been super open about it, uh, at least on the show, like I'm actually going back to school. I think I've talked about it or I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to school for a master's uh, program, which has been eating up a lot of my time. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on where in the spectrum you want to, you want to stand, uh, I'm actually going to have to leave my full-time job. So I'm going to become a full-time student all over again, Ugh, which is going to be fun, which makes me relate even harder to this movie because I get to be a, an adult in a classroom very clearly way past his prime. <laughs> but yeah, that's something, um, that's something I don't even think I told Angel yet. So actually, yeah, I'm devoting myself back to school completely um which should you know it should it should help with my mental state because i'm gonna tell y'all right now those of you that are trying to you know go to school better yourselves nothing wrong with that but please you know do that thing you need to to take care of yourself if you if that means taking less hours because trying to do a full-time job and be a full-time student there is a certain breed of people that are able to do that and you know i tried unfortunately it got the better of me uh, but definitely take care of yourselves. <laughs> this is when we say mental health is really important, especially when you're trying to thrive in the post-capitalist hellscape that we've created for this country. <laughs> All right. So now that we've gotten the serious stuff out of the way, uh, we're talking 2012's 21 Jump Street. And uh, all right. So this Let's is talk a about movie. dicks. <laughs> this is a movie that you suggested and I have watched. I swear to you, I've seen bits and pieces of this movie for the past like t- seven to eight years and uh this might be my first time that i've ever watched it from start to finish like i i'm well aware of the gags in this movie and i'm well aware of the story like i've seen most of this movie before like in hotel rooms on weekends when it's on tv but this is legitimately the first time that i'm sitting down to watch it start to finish that is crazy to me because you and I have referenced Korean Jesus so many times before this episode. So it's like, like that's been our go-to joke. Or just in general, Ice Cube in this movie has been one of our go-to gags. No, like, you have been, we have been making Korean Jesus references since the year 2013. So that, that's why it's wild <laughs> to me that you've never seen this movie like in its entirety in one sitting. Well, you know, there's movies that I have seen in in its entirety, like Drive, and then I come back and watch it years later and realize I could completely missed a lot of what that movie was about i completely made up my own movie which was so much better ryan gosling then got into a motorcycle where he turned (laughs) into a dinosaur (laughs) all right so uh this movie is i guess it's a reboot of uh the old uh series i think it was late 80s mid 80s uh starring uh johnny depp and i think holly robinson pete is the only other person that i know off of that show Mm -hmm. um it's you know it's it's tv like i'm sure it had an audience for people who watched it back in the day but rebooting tv shows as a you know see as like a movie has varying results you know Mm -hmm. they tried it with the brady bunch in the 90s they tried it with the adams family like there's they still they're still doing it with adams family now in animation it's like you know like trying to to reboot some of these classic television shows into into movies is something that has always kind of been done and it just as i said it just has like 
the results are all over the place. You're either going to end up with something, you know, that's wildly successful, uh, you know, like this movie, which mm. I think part of it is, you know, it's it's I think it changes the tone into a much more comedic like it's just much more comedic than than maybe even the original series. You know, the jokes are a lot more it's 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 early 2010s humor. Like there's stuff in this movie that you probably wouldn't do as jokes even now. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. There this there's a lot of stuff you can't get away with, and it's only been 10 years. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like it's really interesting. I, I guess um who was it that came up with the idea for it? Um, I guess it was it sounded like it was actually Jonah Hill himself. He wrote he rewrote yep. an existing script. Um, and then originally he wanted Rob Zombie to kind of direct the movie, but then uh, that didn't really work out. But the whole idea was to do kind of like an ode to bad boys, just kind of an ode to like the buddy cop genre, while at the same time making it like a John Hughes type of movie. Well, um, funny enough, too, is that Rob Zombie is now making his own version of the Munsters. <laughs> so oh. Rob Zombie, like recreating classic television shows, is not. It's not an idea that's been totally trashed at this I point. I mean, he he recreated, you know, great movies too. So and those <laughs> ended terribly. <laughs> um huh. but yeah, no, I I definitely got uh, you know, the I get the references in all of this, like to 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 like teen movies and um yeah, it's it's funny. It starts, I guess, in they said in the year two thousand five. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kick off with Jonah Hill and um, goodness Channing Tatum's characters. Channing Tatum. <laughs> um. Oh my God! Like this is it's it's a it's a like bringing together of two actors that I never thought I'd see in a movie together, and uh, it just it it works, you know. And and part part I think what part of what makes this movie so good immediately is that it turns some of the tropes on 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 its ear right you know they start off as it it, the classic uh jonah hill is the nerd and um, looking like slim shady (laughs) and uh channing tatum is like the jock guy who peaked in high school and it starts off with basically them in an adversarial relationship yeah. Um, then we flash forward to, I guess, both of them end up joining the police academy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's it's you know after being like people who are not interested in in being friends at all in high school, they just become friends later in life, and, and it's just the, the movie is as much about their relationship as it is about the fact that they're you know cops that are going to end up going undercover their relationship is so good they have such good like chemistry together and i guess like one of the one of the feel-good stories about this um about this movie that uh i'm sure a lot of people know about it by now but jonah hill's kind of had a falling out with that seth rogan group like he doesn't really like hanging out with them um but a big apparently one of the few people that he does like hanging out with and that he is still actually like legitimately friends with in Hollywood is, is like Leo DiCaprio and Channing Tatum. And like a big reason was this movie was because Channing Tatum apparently is just a very likable golden retriever guy. And he's just like, 
charismatic, total himbo. And apparently he, him and Jonah Hill can't like hit it off right away. They became really good friends. Channing Tatum actually helped Jonah Hill lose some weight and like kind of get on like on a fitness kick. And apparently he helped Jonah Hill with a lot of his own mental health as long as, as far as like his depression was going. So it's a really interesting story. And you know the the idea of of this being kind of an ode to bad boys as well. Like it, it makes sense too. It's like there's nothing that was particularly like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. There wasn't really a lot that made you think that these two actors would end up like working so well together in a movie. And mm. yet, it's it was something that I recently rewatched uh, one of the bad boys movies, and there came one. <laughs> Their chemistry is so good that like, you know, even recently they like years later, they come back to to do these reunion movies <laughs> with these characters. And uh, I, yeah, it's buddy cop movies are are when they're done right. They're very they're very successful. And I think they're they're money. It's honestly um, one of my favorite genres. Like, I guess you can say it's one of my like guilty pleasure genres because it's such a weird trope. Um, especially with how much I always like, you know, hate on cops. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's one of those weird genres that when done, like it's really easy to do wrong, but every once in a while you get really good chemistry out of the actors, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the other guys is another great buddy cop movie, bad boys, this, like or even like on the serious side of buddy cop movies, like I, I think you and I one of the movies we've loved most on this podcast was when we talk about Zodiac. And I think there's mm-hmm. parts of that movie that are, you know, Mark Ruffalo and uh, the other guy who plays his partner in that movie. Like that's some of the best stuff in that movie is the relationship of like two serious cops, like trying to work together to solve a crime and, and, you know, the way that it like grinds their relationship and then, they all end up going in different directions. There's something interesting about that. I think the same play, the same way that workplace comedies work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're in situations where we pick careers, we pick jobs, and a lot of the people that we're with are people we spend, you know, a good chunk of our lives with. So, I mean, so. DC's kind of doing it right now with Peacemaker. I don't know if you should watch any of the first three episodes. I have not yet, but um, they've introduced uh, this character named Vigilante, and he's like. He's like a begrudging best friend to Peacemaker. And kind of like how Bloodsport and Peacemaker had that that adversarial, like, but then also kind of one-upsmanship relationship for most of the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it is with Vigilante and uh, Peacemaker, where it's like one of them very clearly wants to be the other guy's best friend. <laughs> but yeah, they're like going on and they're like hanging out and, and shooting guns, doing manly things. It's a good show. You should probably check it out. But also you know by yourself because it is pretty graphic <laughs> oh yeah that's the other thing it's like part of why it's hard for me to watch these things and because i got a daughter i basically have to watch everything on my phone at this point i know you gotta <laughs> including like, this movie because some of the jokes that are in it you gotta go like slam a deuce for like an hour and a half <laughs> your legs are all like tingly pins and needles because you've watched half a movie in the toilet all right so all right. anyway Uh, yeah let's get back into the plot of this film so one thing i do want to point out that i absolutely fucking love about this movie is how meta it is and if you notice the city looks very la Mm -hmm. but everything about this city or everything about this story 
and you see it more in 22 Jump Street, is it's very generic. And it, I feel like it's done on purpose. I'm pre- I'm sure it, it is done on purpose. Um, it's just a very meta movie. Like the city they 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 live in is Metro City. They work for Metro City Police Department. The main antagonists of the film are the one percenters. Like there is no motorcycle gang called the one percenters, <laughs> but it's like they use these very legally um, distinct names for things. And I think it's hilarious because it adds to like the appeal of this show being, or the show of, of this movie, like taking place in its own TV universe, you know? Because uh, as it turns out, uh, this movie is supposed to be, like you mentioned, it is supposed to be a reboot of the original series, just literally 20 years down the line. Um, so after Greg Jenko, uh, who is uh, Channing Tatum, and Maury Schmidt, who is Jonah Hill, after they graduate from the Academy, that we get a scene showing them being kind of living a very boring life as uh, bike cops. Jenko making the joke that he thought there was going to be more guns and police chases in this job where they're just kind of going around the park stopping people from doing like little misdemeanors like feeding the ducks or (laughs) getting mad at teenagers who make them fish their frisbee out of the lake (laughs) until finally they come upon what appears to be a kind of like a hangout of a motorcycle gang the aforementioned one percenters where they're able to uh kind of get a they get a reason to uh, a reasonable suspicion to kind of pull them over and, and kind of fuck with them when they see one of them, I guess the, the leader named uh, Domingo smoking weed. And again, I'm like 2010 or 2012. I'm like, Oh my God, weed was still illegal back then. That is freaking crazy. To me. <laughs> Anytime I watch a movie where it involves cartels and moving weed in the U S I'm like, I forget that it's barely been decriminalized in the last like five years like it's still insane to me that at one point weed was illegal (laughs) and anyway so after that that triggers a that triggers a chase after they uh tried to arrest the guys uh where domingo played by d-ray davis uh gets chased by channing tatum while uh fat gandalf from uh deadpool uh takes off running uh jonah hill chases after him on a bike and when he gets the chance to try to stop Fat Gandalf, he pulls the gun on him. The guy just kind of tackles him and shoves, <laughs> shoves Schmidt to the side. Uh, Janko ends up chasing uh, Domingo down, tackling him. And as he tries to recite the Miranda rights, he ends up saying, you have the right to suck my dick. And then Schmidt ends up showing up and they both begin to teabag and fondle Domingo. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them forgetting to read him Miranda rights, which end up, which ends up making the arrest null and void, I guess. Yeah. Now, from here's the thing: suspending disbelief just because a cop doesn't read you your Miranda rights does not mean you are not under arrest. <laughs> so, just a heads up, any listeners, you know, watch Twenty One Jump Street ten years ago was like. I can't get arrested if they don't read the Miranda rights. That's bullshit. If they they don't have to read you your Miranda rights for you not to be arrested, okay? That's just them letting you know the rights you do have. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 
they end up talking to uh, the police captain who in this division is played by uh, Nick crap. What's his name? Nick Offerman. Mm-hmm. Who, very tongue in cheek starts making fun of the idea of reboots talking about it's the same shit for a new generation because people aren't original and like just spending money on dumb things. <laughs> so he ends up telling them that they've been booted from their division and their last chance is actually going to be at a undercover unit called 21 Jump Street or to report to 21 Jump Street. So when they show up, <laughs> they find, oh, well, I think at first, is, I'm trying to remember, do they move in together first or do they report to the, uh, uh, to the church at first no they report to the church first because i think there's i think they're like still in police uniform when they get there so this is like really early on and uh once they get into this church that is where we get the introduction of maybe our favorite character captain dixon played by ice cube oh my god is (laughs) captain dixon so fucking good ice cube is fantastic this is the second time that we've done an ice cube movie on this podcast because we did a (laughs) triple x state of the union and oh my god i'm gonna say this about ice cube ice cube has range as an actor uh you know like his his like his catalog of movies literally it includes like dramatic stuff that he did in boys in the hood it includes playing the straight man in Friday, basically. It includes playing an action hero in Triple X. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then we get him as like the old grouchy cop, like police captain. And it's just like, it's awesome. Again, it's awesome that it's very meta, but it's just the fact that Ice Cube does a, such a good job at like playing angry. <laughs> his entire monologue is so fucking hilarious (laughs) yeah i'm black and i work my ass off to be captain and sometimes i get angry so eat a dick (laughs) it's just the way he delivers it the way he talks to both like jenko and schmidt just be like hey schmidt since it says that you were a virgin all through high school he's like oh (laughs) where does it say that he goes well you were part of the juggling society so i just assume (laughs) (laughs) or like when he like yells at schmidt i wasn't talking to you big titties (laughs) oh my god <laughs> or when he starts talking to Jayco and he goes, Don't sleep with the students, don't sleep with the teachers. That means you don't rub your dirty dick on nobody's child. Yeah, I think at some point he even calls him Dirty Dick McGee. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's the entire scene. Apparently, there's a lot of um like there's Apparently the girl from like Fifty Shades of Grey is in this scene. Mm-hmm. I guess she's she's one of the cheerleaders um, that busts like another drug ring in another school like later in the movie. Yeah, this movie is full of those people. It's got uh, it's got um, it's got her, and then we I completely forgot that Brie Larson was in this. Oh really? She's the uh, she's the love interest. No, I know she's the love interest. I mean, you forgot. That's the interesting. Part. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely <laughs> forgot she was in this, and I think it's Dave Franco, right? Yeah, Dave Franco's yeah. in it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people who got their like big break in the early 2010s that were in this movie. Yes, because like, um, uh, this character, gosh, I keep forgetting her name. 
Uh, but yeah, 50, 50 Shades Girl. <laughs> I'm gonna find the actress's name, so I'm not just Dakota Johnson. That. Thank there you. Dakota go. Johnson was actually, I think she's in the final season of The Office, like right before this. Like she mm. plays an intern in that last season that like nobody watched except me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's 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 just it, it is these like actors that like end up like coming up right after this series. Yeah, like Ellie Camper was in this too. Yep, another, another office alumni. Another, yeah, I was about to say another office alumni. Uh, J- Jake Johnson was in this uh, when New Girl was still running. So yeah, definitely. And and Nick Offerman while Parks and Rec was still running. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of an all star cast in some ways. Yeah, it's actually very sneaky the talent, and it's funny how very few of these people are on screen for too long. Like Jake Johnson, and Nick Offerman aren't on it for too long um dakota johnson isn't on there too long uh the, the her partner rai rai is never isn't on it for too mo- long um who else yeah it's really it really is jonah hill and channing tatum kind of driving the show here <laughs> yeah so after uh they get their assignments they're given characters to play by uh by captain dixon that's his name right yep yeah, so they're given characters to play by by Captain Dixon. Um, they're supposed to take on the. Oh, and if you wanted like a time capsule for the year that this movie came out, they all got picked <laughs> according to Captain Dixon because they're some Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber looking motherfuckers. <laughs> that was my favorite part because he's like, none of you are good at your job. Y'all just look young. So get your asses in high school. <laughs> so yeah, they're given um they're given the task with stopping about with uh yeah, stopping the synthetic drug called HFS, which stands for holy fucking shit. Uh from you know, essentially going viral and being sold at different high schools. I don't know if that's actual drug cop talk. I don't think it is. But um, they kept talking about the drug going viral and getting sold at other schools. So they're, you know, Janko and Schmidt are supposed to stop it. Uh, they're fine. They're supposed to infiltrate the dealers and find the suppliers. To which Janko responds, "What if we find the suppliers before we infiltrate the dealers?" <laughs> to which Dixon gets pissed and tells him, "Infiltrate the dealers and find the suppliers." <laughs> anyway. So in order to sell it, uh, Janko and Schmidt play brothers. I think it's like Doug and Brad. And they're supposed to be, uh, Brad is, or I think Doug is supposed to be the uh, the nerdy one that um, takes AP chemistry and and acts and stuff like that. Or I forgot what it was, but the point is they were typecaster. One's the jock and the other's like the nerd. Uh, however, after a mix-up, <laughs> they end up reversing their roles in the, on the first day of high school, and it's after Janko. Um, <laughs> Janko <laughs> ends up punching a black gay student. <laughs> you know what? They- this is it. This is really smart, okay? Because this movie, like, I mean, yes, I kind of had a feeling that this is where it was going to go. But one of the things that's that's kind of interesting to explore in this is that yes, when these guys were in high school. Like it was a lot more of like these stereotypical like you who's a jock and who's a nerd and who's popular and who isn't. And, you know, for people who are growing up now, it's not like, you know, nerds were the people who use their computers while everyone else was doing other stuff. And it's like now technology runs so much of our lives. 
uh comic books are like the most valuable ip in the world like it's just the, the geeks have inherited the earth at this point and and suck at you jocks <laughs> and it's uh, our time nerd culture because it is so much in vogue now it's it's kind of like why these roles do end up getting reversed and i do think that was a good subversion of kind of the classic john hughes tropes oh it's so good because it's like johnny lawrence trying to be cool and and you know with these high school kids and cobra kai where it's like janko has such an outdated understanding of what high school culture is that where now it's like being inclusive and caring about the caring about the environment is cool and meanwhile he's over there trying to still make fun of people for being nerds but i love the entire exchange where he ends up punching the kid and the kid was like you punch me because i'm gay and then it like suddenly turned into a hate crime which is what it always was and now it's finally being treated as such and it's just like it's just the entire way it's played it's like it was you're right it was a good subversion of under of uh subversion of what you expected um and i love the scene where jake johnson takes him into the principal's office and goes i'm one black gay kid getting punched away from another uh panic attack so i need you two to stop <laughs> and there he ends up assigning them to their classrooms this is where they find out that they had their character their character sheets switched and now um <laughs> jenko has to go to ap chemistry where he ends up meeting uh ellie camper's character the teacher that is thirsting for him the entire rest of the movie <laughs> meanwhile uh schmidt goes on to essentially become friends with the drama kids uh he ends up meeting brie larson where he has this moment where like oh she's so beautiful right off the bat I'm like, oh, this is one of those things that don't age well. <laughs> it's it's very, ugh, there's just the connotation of a student or of a student of a 30, well, not really 30. I think at that point, they're supposed to be like 25 or so. But like a 25-year-old man kind of like hitting on an 18-year-old. It's Even though Brie Larson's character is supposed to be 18, it's still creepy, you know? Yes, those are things that, like, now... I mean, back then, it, it most people might have not considered it creepy, but I think now we're a lot more... I, we're a lot more honest about what we see as appropriate and inappropriate, and, yes, definitely it makes me cringe a lot, this uh, Schmidt relationship, <laughs> because it's like, yeah, it is... At the end of the day, it you're still talking to a high school kid and you are a grown-ass adult. Like, I remember when I went to high school, like, the age limit, there was an age limit on dates we can bring if they didn't go to prom, or if they didn't go to our school to our prom. And I think the age limit was, like, 22. And I was, like, 17 at the time, right? And I was like, okay, what is the likelihood of 17-year-olds, like, talking to someone who should be, like, in college? And then I talked to like uh, to like uh, a chick friend of mine, and she was like, "No, I totally dated someone at, when I was like 16, and he was like 22." And I was like, "You know, at the time I was like, oh wow, you know." And then looking back, I'm like, "Oh no," <laughs> I was like, "Honey, that's not dating." Oh god, that's disgusting. <laughs> but uh yeah there's very much a lot of that weirdness in this movie but if you're able to you know luckily it's not really played up in a weird way i think they kind of handle it in a way where to make it the least amount of weird um which i appreciate but anyway this is where um where jenko and schmidt 
essentially get an in. Uh, they try to buy some HFS from Dave Franco, who was uh, the group that, or, you know, he's kind of like the leader of the group that they were um, having trouble with in the beginning of the school day. So they end up buying two hits of HFS. And because Dave Franco doesn't trust him, he forces them to take the drugs kind of in front of him just to make sure they were cool. Um, after they all accuse each other of being narcs for like <laughs> for like 30 seconds. So they end up taking it and then they start going through the four stages of HFS <laughs> where they like start hallucinating. They end up running into Rob Riggle at one point who plays like the PE coach. And the entire time, like one of them imagines that his face is like a snow cone. They start like flicking their tongues at him. They start like trying to touch his face. <laughs> and then uh, finally they agree to have uh, Doug run in the uh, track meet later that day. So that way they don't get in trouble. And throughout the day, they kind of go through these different uh, phases of the drug. Where at one point Janko starts like, thinking he's writing some sort of science um some sort of science uh equation on the board and he's just writing a bunch of fours where he ends up saying just fuck you science <laughs> and at one point schmidt starts chasing kids around or he starts chasing the coach around with his baton and with his baton dick uh because he's still high as shit and then both of them end up finally crashing so it's like yeah we get to see their whole um we get to see their whole drug trip. But the big thing here is that Schmidt actually gets an in with the cool kids and the drug dealers uh, because they love the way that they subvert kind of like, yeah, how they're just kind of sticking it to the man. I think the way Dave Franco says it is that organized sports are fascist. <laughs> and I can't help but think with like, like these, it feels like these are just tweets like it feels like his dialogue <laughs> or just like tweets ripped out of like a liberal like college kids twitter <laughs> well it does i mean like that's kind of the joke right like is that dave franco's like villain character is just like this insanely like he's in high school but yes yeah, so he feels like this insane like college liberal like white guy who's like so obsessed with the environment and like has all these big ideas while you know still <laughs> apparently running a drug operation it reminds me of um crap it reminds me of, this is a little wrestling reference it reminds me when uh when daniel bryan was the champion and he was like an eco-terrorist <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I get it. It's yeah, it's 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 turning it's turning the environmentalist into the villain. So it's except it's not doing it in a way that's obvious. Like it's funny enough, even though this guy is tech quote unquote the villain for much of the movie, he never feels overtly villainous. <laughs> he just feels really aloof and dumb. <laughs> As and it's because he's a stupid high school shithead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing that people um i think that's the thing this movie actually gets pretty realistically is that you know we watch a lot of movies or we lot we watch a lot of like television shows where like there's some very obviously nefarious teenagers and they but they make it seem like it's very like the teenage so sociopath is very common nine times out of ten it's the 
the teenager is just stupid i think i'm smarter than you kid and that like dave franco's character you know i mean it got me wrong there are times where they are sociopaths and those people do need to yeah you know, i don't know get thrown into space shoot them into space i don't know i don't know what to do with sociopaths uh but anyway so uh yeah at this point uh like i was mentioning uh while schmidt gets good with eric uh and his girlfriend molly who are uh brie larson and uh dave franco uh Django becomes friends with the ap chemistry kids so he he pretty much becomes friends with the nerds because you know they get a big brawny buff guy in their friend group and they just got to teach him ap chemistry or as he continues to refer to his app chemistry uh where and he actually ends up having fun like doing the um you know science experiments blowing up blowing shit up with chemistry <laughs> well you know it kind of shows the growth in jenko's character because it's like again he starts the movie as being the bully that is you know ruining schmidt's life and yes they eventually end up becoming friends but part of the reason why they become friends is because schmidt is basically helping him with the ab- academic side of uh you know of the police academy and I think it's his friendship with Schmidt has made him so much more open to, you know, uh, I feel like it, it kind of makes him like want to, it gives him the opportunity, this assignment to do things that he differently from the way that he did them in high school. And it's just, it's kind of one of those interesting things where it's like, you look at yourself as an adult and you're like, man, you're like, if I was in high school now, like think of all the things I would have done differently, <laughs> you know? And it's like, 100%. so he gets the opportunity to, to, to basically focus on the academic stuff in high school that he had absolutely zero interest in, you know, as an actual teenager. I know. Definitely. It's the, uh, it's the getting the second chance. Like he literally is living that moment. Like we've all thought about it. Oh, well, things would have been different in high school and he actually gets to do it. And it turns out he's still having fun. <laughs> Uh, so at this point, after getting cool, cool and getting in with the cool kids, uh, Schmidt and Jenko decide to throw a high school party. So it's really, um, to really kind of solidify uh, Schmidt's kind of place among them, and also uh, to get more intel, try to get some of the drugs so that way they can uh, find out like who the supplier is. <laughs> and it's pretty freaking hilarious as they're getting ready because Schmidt's parents end up leaving for uh, leaving for the weekend. And they're like, oh man, uh, oh no! First, first, uh, Captain Dixon finds out, and he, t- <laughs> and he threatens with getting the kid, getting the dudes arrested if they give any uh, high school kids um, alcohol or drugs. To which they're like, no, we would never do that. And then it just smash cuts to them buying kegs and bottles, and going to the police lock, like evidence locker, and stealing a, like a pound of weed. <laughs> And my favorite part is he's like a pound of coke and he goes jesus christ we're not trying to ruin these kids lives <laughs> <laughs> so they end up settling for the weed and they end up like just setting up for this huge party uh where a where during this party um jenko actually is able to take eric's phone and he has the nerds hack it and during this time is when i guess drug dealers from another school show up to try to get a connect with uh with eric for hfs which mm-hmm. ends up leading to a fight after schmidt tries to defuse the situation um which doesn't really go well this starts a fight <laughs> where he ends up getting stabbed 
which is played for laughs, not nearly as serious as <laughs> yeah. it sounds. Yeah, it's like, it, yeah, it's getting shot or stabbed in a comedy movie where there's 100%. like no real like stakes attached to it or like it kind of reminds me of like there's this uh, i don't remember which bad boys movie it was but there's one of them where uh, martin lawrence's character gets shot in the ass <laughs> and bad boys like, too because i will I, always <laughs> remember the scene where will smith gives him the donut and he goes you see he goes one cheek goes down so that it raises the other <laughs> cheek <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's pretty much like that like Jenko kicks the shit out of a bunch of high school kids <laughs> and you Meanwhile, know the other the other thing that's interesting about this section of the movie is that this is where Jenko and Schmidt start kind of coming apart a bit a little bit because uh again Jenko's basically like embracing his like n- inner nerd that he is like now like with you know on his side of the school and then Schmidt is like he's the guy that's kind of like Donnie Brasco if we're looking at another Johnny Depp property he's the guy who mm-hmm. seems like he's getting in way too deep on this undercover mission and almost feels like he's using his like you know his popularity that he's gained amongst these high school kids as like I don't know a way a way for him to 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 live what he didn't live in high school and even then it's like it, it's almost like he's fallen in love with the act of it that even it's like it seems like Jenko's job is like to kind of like try to pull him out of it sometimes because he's becoming way too like, you know, too involved with uh, the people that he's supposed to, you know, with the people as opposed to the mission. Oh yeah. It's the, it's the classic trope of in too deep as a, as an undercover officer, um, which I mean, it's always funny to it's funny seeing it at the high school level because it's like it's it's really that Schmidt is getting too involved and wants to go to college and like do dumb shit like that. Usually it's like, no, no, I can definitely crack this case wide open. And it, it's yeah. very much what you're saying. It's where it's like Schmidt is like, no, nah, man, I can play this long term. What if I go and become a doctor or something? And he, <laughs> yeah. reminds him, he goes, that's a, he's like, you're a fake fucking school. Like it's really funny whenever Jenko has to be the uh the voice of reason because he's very clearly like, what the fuck is going on? Uh but yeah, from after the night of the party, uh that's where they find out that the distributors uh or the suppliers are actually the one percenters that they uh had arrested earlier. And uh when they go and kind of stake out a uh a drug meeting or a meetup between the guys. Uh, between Eric, his friend, and the and the motorcycle gang, uh, Janko and Schmidt end up stealing like a student driver car, <laughs> and they end up uh, they end up being made by the police or by the police by the motorcycle gang, who ends up chasing them through like the freeway, where they end up stealing two cars. <laughs> while the while the they they do they keep doing this gag where they end up like shooting at things thinking that it's gonna explode and kill a biker and it never does they end up like stealing two cars first time headbutting the shit out of the asshole in the car and stealing it while like commandeering it and then later janko taking the car from uh like this very beautiful woman who ended up having a gun which they then used to try to shoot one of the bikers um the bikers end up crashing into things like gas tanks or under like propane tanks never actually getting like killed by the explosion 
until finally they end up shooting at like a chicken coop truck, which ends up exploding in a very like Michael Bay type of moment. <laughs> and that's when the guys right because there's like the gag where it's like they think an explosion's gonna happen like three different times and it doesn't. And the moment yeah. that it actually ends up happening, it's like the most innocuous thing you could have imagined. And one of them even says it. They're like, "Why the fuck would that explode?" <laughs> which is fucking great so it's like after the after they end up losing the bikers they get back to the school this is where uh jenko and schmidt end up having a falling out where jenko who has been getting close to oh i think there was one scene we did forget to mention where uh schmidt was hanging out with the cool kids and because um because um what's what's it called uh Eric's phone was bugged. Janko heard Schmidt talking shit about him, which really uh, kind of made him feel bad, especially since they're supposed to be friends. Um, but it was there also where we find out uh, Schmidt really likes Molly and wants to take her to the prom. And they're both in this Peter Pan play where he's trying to uh, really show off for her. And he's really trying to make the experience special for her. He ends up kind of falling through because he's a police officer and still has a job to do. <laughs> but he ends up showing late to the play where he's in the middle of his understudy, like reciting a line. He ends up like kicking the guy off stage, which then uh, Janko comes back and furious about being called a dummy. He ends up attacking <laughs> Schmidt and they end up like fighting while like Schmidt is being like floated around by the stage crew on the on this harness they end up falling to the ground and they continue to fight until jake johnson separates them and expels both boys from school mind you one thing i completely forgot about in this movie is that they only had a month of school left (laughs) (laughs) yeah they completely blow the assignment and uh basically like tank their careers (laughs) during this fight it's hilarious to think about that they literally the school accepts two new students, two new seniors, one one like month before graduation. <laughs> I, yeah, that seems highly improbable. <laughs> like it's pretty like the more you think about it, like it's not one of those where I'm trying to like kick in logic because again, it's a comedy. It's meant to be funny. I'm just like the stupider it gets and the more hilarious it makes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> these, these dudes like fucked up this school in like two weeks but like you said they end up tanking their careers they end up getting fired because one of the rules was you don't get expelled and you don't get arrested um and they end up getting expelled afterward uh so at this point they have kind of a mo. they have these moments where they're just like i don't know what to call them they're like um I guess just heartfelt moments where they like try to <laughs> where they try to like care about each other again. Like I think Schmidt tries to call Molly. Pretty much she's done with him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and, and then it's just them trying to to they end up getting brought together after Janko tries to move out, right? Because that's when Eric shows up, completely frightened by the fact that um that the one percenters got uh got hit by some cops so he ends up trusting Janko and schmidt because they're not connected to anything he ends up giving them guns and they kind of prove themselves that they can handle themselves to help him so they like become his unofficial bodyguards 
which then gives Janko and Schmidt the opening they need is that if they're able to bring in the one percenters as vigilantes, they get their jobs back, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Because they don't turn in any of the guns or any of the equipment they had. So they end up uh, they, they end up finding out that there's going to be a deal going on at um, that there's going to be a deal going down at prom, and here's where they meet the the mastermind of the whole thing. Where it turns out it's actually um, it's actually Coach Crap. What was his name? Was Rob Riggle's character's name? Oh gosh, I don't know. I kept calling him Rob Rob Riggle the entire time. <laughs> Coach Walters. Okay, or Mr. Walters, <laughs> Coach Riggle. So the fu- <laughs> Coach Riggle. So the funny thing about Rob Riggle is how, like, how much of a dick he is to Doug. Like, he hates. <laughs> He's like a a dick to Doug, and then at the same time had some weird like attraction to <laughs> to what's his name to Jenko. To Brad. Well, Jenko. To Brad. Yeah. Like, sorry. There. I know in character that's kind of their names, but my favorite part is when they're fighting and like well, one of my favorite scenes of those when he's like shitting on Doug is uh <laughs> when Jenko and Schmidt are fighting on stage and he goes, Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> and then he's like, Who said that? <laughs> uh, and I love like when he shows up, he tries to scare like Schmidt by like punking him real quick, <laughs> like trying to make him flinch. But anyway, at that point, um, that's when he admits that he created the drug totally on accident, starts selling it to students uh, because he owes a shit ton of money and alimony to his (laughs) ex-wife. And since he caught Eric smoking weed on school, he kind of made him one of his dealers. Uh, At that point, the motorcycle gang shows up and uh, they're about to finish up a deal when Molly comes because apparently she's been, she actually took some HFS and she goes into like the rage mode and starts running upstairs and starts like banging on the door. At this point, Schmidt had already admitted he's a cop to her and tells her that, you know, he's a bad guy, that she should stay away and uh, to get out of there because something was going to go down. <laughs> and then so she's kicking in the door and like outs them and says that, you know, calls them both narc cop motherfuckers. <laughs> I think Jenko is like, dark hop mother truckers that's so weird (laughs) so at that point domingo uh recognizes uh schmidt and janko and uh tries to have the the guys killed when suddenly two of the bikers um and again showing how meta how meta this movie is uh one of the bikers ends up like removing his nose and his uh mustache revealing that he's johnny depp playing the same character he played in 21 jump street back in the 80s along with uh crap what's the other dude's name um uh, i don't peter remember but the yeah the, the it's the original cast right yeah it was peter yeah. deluise who plays uh doug penhall so it's oh, tom it's... hansen doug penhall Johnny that means Depp. something yeah yeah, that means something to whoever actually watched Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, and you know, funny enough, I did. I I wanted to make it a point to like watch a couple episodes of Twenty One Jump Street before we did this movie, but obviously, mm-hmm. I just didn't have the time to do it. But yeah, it's really cool because it's a way to tie in original characters. Um, it's one- very now yes. <laughs> what we do, which is instead of just remaking something from scratch, we end up making these like sequels that take place 20 years or 30 years later and bring back original cast members (laughs) everything is canon and 
you know like I've, and it was really funny because the same biker that johnny depp plays at one point says oh if he's a cop then i'm dea and as it turns out that johnny depp and peter peter deluise are actually dea agents <laughs> so they end up uh tanking their investigation to save Janko and uh schmidt uh who we also find out all of them you know or we find out the two guys came from uh jump street division before they uh went dea uh they end up getting killed by domingo's guys uh which apparently was done at johnny depp's request because he didn't want to keep being brought back or he didn't want the movies to be about him and his characters so he was just like no just kill me off that's the only way i'll do the 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 cameo (laughs) So after that, um, this leads to a firefight between uh, Janko, Schmidt, and the motorcycle gang where they, they end up killing a few of them. Uh, Rob Riggle ends up taking Molly hostage and running away. Uh, Janko, Schmidt chase after him, uh, running through the prom, and which then leads to a limo car chase <laughs> when there's like this one drunk girl in the in the car or in the limo that... Uh, oh, yeah. Janko and Schmidt try to take. And it's funny, like she grabs a bottle of champagne. She goes, oh, "I want to live my dream, go through a through a sunroof." And then uh, she ends up getting the bottle shot at before Janko can save her. Mm-hmm. And, and I love when they're like shooting and they're getting the firefight. And she's trying to like take his pants off, and he goes, "Look, I know you're hot and slutty, but like, <laughs> I gotta shoot bad guys, okay?" <laughs> Again, weird line. She's in high school. Ew. But they end up using uh, one of Janko's uh, uh, AP chemistry uh, lessons to create kind of like a pipe bomb, (laughs) which they end up throwing and killing the uh, bikers in one of the limos. And they end up uh, running down uh, Rob Riggle's limo. And in a scene very reminiscent, actually, of of, uh, what's it called? Uh, Bad Boys where mm-hmm. the joke was that Martin Lawrence could never take the shot. Uh, they do the same thing with Schmidt, that Schmidt chokes up and he can't actually take the shot when it matters. And finally, we do see him take the shot very much in a RoboCop moment where he ends up shooting Rob Riggle's dick off. <laughs> 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 and is it immature? Is it stupid? Yes. And I love <laughs> yeah. every minute of it absolutely it is a funny way to to kind of wrap up the the action in the movie it's insanely immature (laughs) and it's yeah it's what you come into this movie for this is the kind of movie that you are signing up for and you know they've done such a good job with the humor in it that it's just like it's it's a really good way of them to to kind of end it here uh it's shocking that you know again that coach walters ends up being the the true villain and i but it is kind of a bit of redemption for uh for what's his name dave franco's character who obviously is going off to jail still but you know because he's rich and white you know he's not going to be in jail for that long (laughs) at least he's in the jail through or he's in jail through the sequel so okay well there you go i've never seen the sequel the sequel is is what i've never i haven't seen anything of it other than like one like clip of captain dixon where you find out that ice cube's wife is played by queen latifah so (laughs) outside of 
I've, I haven't seen anything else of it. So, oh, so going into do it because it is. Well, we are doing it right. So it's going to be the movie we're doing next week. So I, that one's going to be interesting. <laughs> my favorite part, like to wrap this movie up, my favorite part is the ending, right? Like it's one of the best ways to end it is because they're just like <laughs> Dixon tells the dudes you're going to go somewhere where you since you guys like drinking, partying and fucking anything that with a fat ass and a pair of jeans. <laughs> goes, I'm going to send you somewhere where that's all legal. College. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they're celebrating at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, you know, roll credits. That's the movie. And yeah, then they you think, oh, wow, that's just a throwaway line. It turns out they go and make 22 Jump Street and they actually send Janko and Schmidt to college. <laughs> And in many ways, I actually think that I think 22 Jump Street is better. Oh, like there's I a, can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Don't tell me too much. Don't tell me too much because I really, I really am looking forward to, to seeing the next movie in this series. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Like this, I think this one has a lot more fun than than this movie does. It's a lot more meta. There's a lot more meta jokes in there, but totally. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it um all right so uh javi did you like 21 jump street yes i did (laughs) (laughs) it was hard because it was it's hard to review this movie because it's like again it's a comedy so you're reviewing gags as opposed to story beats and you and i talked about it before where we, we we it took us a while to come around to the idea to review comedic movies because comedy is so subjective subjective and it's like the the it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like I know for a fact there's gonna be people out here that think 21 Jump Street is too problematic, or maybe they wouldn't want to watch it, or maybe it's just they or maybe they just don't jokes. think it's that funny and they think it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, or they think it's stupid and immature. And it's like it, it is what it is. You know, that's the beauty about comedy, is it think of it more of a buffet of a genre. There's something out there for you, it's just about going and looking for it. But this movie just tickles me in a lot of ways that I didn't expect. I thought it was going to be, um, I don't even know what I thought this was going to be, honestly. Like, I thought I would have had to have watched 21 Jump Street to get the gags. Luckily, they didn't go that route. It was completely, it was completely my type of humor. It was just, <laughs> it was just sophomore humor, dick jokes, just like stupid gags. And I loved every bit of it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like this movie too. Um, it, it's it's a movie of the time, you know, the stuff that was out around this uh, the time that this movie came out. It was like comedies like The Hangover, um, you know, Pineapple Express, Super Bad, yeah, um, and also like TV shows like The League, right? Like it, it, it was this like we're using a lot of ad libbed humor, and it's you know a bunch of improv humor, and it's just like you know all this crazy like dick jokes and stuff like that and again as you said it's subjective but because those were the kind of movies i was watching at that time this is the kind of movie that i was going to be into when i saw it so um definitely enjoyed watching it i'm looking forward to seeing the next movie in this series and um i I definitely like that since we have been away from the show for a while that we're kind of easing in with something that isn't too dense (laughs) (laughs) because some of the stuff that we're gonna have like specifically even in the next month i think it's gonna be a bit more on the deep side it's awesome season baby or dense (laughs) so if you guys have any movies that you want to suggest if you want any comedies now that the floodgates have been opened (laughs) 
um please yeah send us uh suggestions of what you want to see us review if there's any other comedies that you think we'd like um or if you think we don't like it if you think we'd hate it you know like when the, the time we did the room fucking a <laughs> yeah and uh yeah continue to interact with us on social media uh on our instagram page uh leave us reviews on apple Podcasts to help like get up the to, to make people more aware of the show and, and kind of raise the you know the like you know make it more visible to people to new people who might want to discover the show and i think you can even rate podcasts on spotify now so please uh to try to rate the show or or you know or just try to do what you can to help get the word out if you lo- enjoy our show enough uh that you've been following us for all these years that we've been doing it so please uh, i need money <laughs> <laughs> so we thank you guys for joining us for this episode and uh we'll be back to talk to you guys next time all right later y'all